welcome to New Song Answers Weekend. We're so excited to have you here. So it was a year ago that we sat up here and we got to launch this ministry. We've had a year under our belts, and we're here to celebrate that and honor all that the Lord has done. Now, if you don't know us, my name is Pastor Ashley. I'm the New Song Answers pastor here at New Song, and this is my husband, Pastor Tondrai. He's one of the executive pastors here. He's over discipleship, and he also provides executive oversight to New Song Answers. So uh, it's been quite a year. Yeah. If you're not familiar with New Song Answers, there's three ministries kind of under this arm of the church. There's New Song Cares, which is our member care ministry. There's New Song Outreach, and there's New Song Missions. And so last year, we just get to, got to share with you the heart and the vision for this ministry and how we were going to launch it. And we're here today and said, man, God has been so good. God's been so good. It was, we look back, um, in 2022, we launched our very first Serve Saturday or in 2021 at the very end of the year. And this month marked our 12th Serve Saturday. This is our churchwide outreach day. We've had people from all different backgrounds, all different ages. We have kids as young as six serving with people that are um, kind of in their uh, senior years, be able to come up and serve. We've been able to serve people in the sex industry, be able to serve people um, that are homeless or people that are in foster care. In fact, we had one team go out in the summer. And I have to give you a shout out if you're on this team because it was like the hottest day of the year and they went to an unconditioned barn and cleaned the barn out for foster kids to be able to come and do equine therapy. So we have served the city and we've done it because that's what Jesus did. He set that example. So if you've been to Serve Saturday this year, would you raise your hand? I want to say thank you for yes, serving the city you with so us. thank you so much, church. And then New Song Missions. We had our first, not just one, not just two, but three mission trips this year. If you've been on a mission trip, would you raise your hand? Wow. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Mm -hmm. We got to take a team of 12 to New Orleans in the spring, a team of 25 to Mexico in June, and a team of 31 to Dallas this summer. And it's been amazing from doing things like building a fire pit for people that are getting out of drug addiction to being able to minister on the streets of Mexico and going door to door, talking to people in a language we don't understand, <laughs> but ministering them with something greater, which is the language of the gospel, the language of the kingdom, to going to Dallas and be able to do a grocery distribution and seeing people in one of the largest refugee uh, centers in the U.S., from all different backgrounds, a woman in a burqa standing next to someone from a very different part of the world standing there in shorts and a tank top and being struck by people pouring out love for their kids, ministering the gospel. So we look back and we say, look what God has done Amen. and has it, and it been amazing. But we're also excited because we get to share with you what's coming in the next year. Now, if you're thinking she didn't talk about New Song Cares, well, that's our member care ministry here. And we really haven't had a way for you to come alongside and serve. Well, Member care operates through serve teams and groups, and we get to do things like pastoral ministry. But we have seen a need that we're creating a new program for that's going to meet, meet this need where you can serve, you can come alongside and love our fellow members. Um, in the last year, we've had situations arise, like maybe a single mom just needs helping hands to come out and help her do home repairs. Or maybe there's a senior her, where after a storm comes through and, and breaks a lot of branches, they just need helping hands to come out and clean up. So we're launching what we're calling our community assistance program called Heart and Hands, and you can sign up today to be a helper. And you can basically tell us, I have skills in landscaping, or I have skills in organizing, or I have skills in welding. And when a need arises that fits those things, you'll get an email to say, hey, do you want to be a part of our team of helpers that's going to go out to this person and just be operating and loving one another? You can also nominate people here at the church or nominate yourself to receive this help. Amen. 
uh, this coming year with New Song Outreach will continue serve Saturday. But again, we've looked and we've asked the Lord, how can we grow and how can we expand and keep doing what you've called us to do? And we've known that there's some of you who can't come on Saturdays, that can't be at serve Saturdays. Maybe you work or maybe you have kids that are playing games. So we're really asking you to consider today, if that's you, would you consider starting an outreach group where if you feel like you're called to evangelize to the homeless or you're called to care for foster families, you can start an outreach group that meets at any time throughout the month and other people can join you and be a part of showing up and serving that way. And now we've gotten lots and lots of questions about this. What are we yes. about to talk about next? Okay, so we're about to talk about the 2023 mission trips that are coming up. I need a little bit more excitement. Ah. Thank you. Thank you very much. If it, it fuels my fire and helps me talk. Okay, so 2023 is going to be an exciting year. Now, in 2022, we went to New Orleans. That was in March of this year. And do you know what they say in New Orleans? They say, who that? Who that? So now we're about to say, who they? Who knows where that is? Final guesses. Cincinnati, Ohio. So we'll be going to Cincinnati, Ohio in March of this year. Ashley, tell us more about it. So from March 11th to 16th, we'll be taking a team to Cincinnati. Now, a lot of you have been guessing, where are we going? Where are we going? And so when T Pastor Tondra and I went in September, the people who were keeping our kids were like, we just told them that you're on a marriage retreat because we didn't want to have to field the answers. But we got to go and we got to see what the city was and kind of prepare this trip. And what, what's amazing um, that really struck us, what the need that we knew we were supposed to go here but when we got there, we kind of got to have shape to see what is it that we're going to be doing. And this city has been so hard hit by COVID. One out of every three people lives below the poverty line. It's a big, big metropolitan area. And one of the large areas has 90% of the people living below the poverty line. And the issues that you would guess comes out, like prostitution, like drug abuse, happens there. So we're going to be able to come alongside Queen City Church and minister to the Cincinnatians and show them the love of Jesus. All right. Come on, get excited, guys. Okay, so in June, this one everybody should know because Pastor Josh gave it away. Okay, so in June, <laughs> in June where are we going? Exactly, we're going back to Puerto Piñasco in Mexico because... Why? Okay, because when we left, <laughs> when we left last time, we really felt like the Lord said this work is not done. And so, from June 10th to 16th of this coming year, we'll be taking a team, and we get to meet with our global partners every month on a Zoom call. And it's been amazing to hear the expansion that's happened there. They're now getting to minister at a local dump. There are people living at that dump, so we're going to be able to come in and minister there, help them with another construction project that relates to the building of the church. And we're just excited because we know God's called us to be the hands and feet in Puerto Penasco. All right, and. And the third mission trip, okay, last year we went to Dallas. This year we're staying in Oklahoma. So any guesses on that one? It is Tulsa, Oklahoma. <laughs> we're going to Tulsa, Oklahoma, Ashley. Okay, um, this is our micro mission trip for the year. On the evening of August 18th, we'll head up there and we'll come back about 24 hours later on the e evening of August 19th. And just like these shirts that we're wearing, we believe in loving your neighbor. We want to put that into action and go minister to our neighbors in Tulsa. Okay, so this final trip is something that we've never done. We're really excited at the opportunity of doing this. So this is the first time we're launching this fourth mission trip, and it's going to be a medical mission 
trip, and I'm really excited about this opportunity. And we're going to be going to Huachinera in Mexico. And so if, that, if this is something that pulls on your heartstrings, please, we want you to sign up for that one. Go ahead and give us more details. Okay, so we'll be going from September 18th to 23rd, but you can register for the meeting now because that will be in January. The Cincinnati and Huachinera meetings are coming soon, so take action. So if you are here and you have a medical background or really speaking to you that whether or not you think you can go on the trip, we would love you to be a part of this. There's going to be a supply, um, kind of like we're going to collect supplies. We also know there's an, a special need for dentists, optometrists, ophthalmologists, those type of people. This is an area of Mexico that's about 12 hours away from Puerto Penasco. We'll be going again with Pastors Conrad and Heidi. Um, and this is where they used to pastor. It's a very rural, um, kind of remote mountain part of, um, of Mexico. Even Doctors Without Borders heads up here about once a decade. And um, if you've been around us at all with anything mission related, you know that we talk about the fact that we go in and we meet a physical need because it opens doors to meet a spiritual need. So we're not just going to be there and do this humanitarian good work of providing pop-up medical clinics, but we're going to be able to do ministry services in the night. So we're going to go from, from rural kind of church town to rural church town this entire week, and we would love to have you be a part of that. Guys, we're really excited. Thank you, Pastor Josh. He gave me a woo. <laughs> <laughs> We're really excited, guys, and you have the opportunity right after the service to begin to sign up for each and every single one of these trips. So, again, while you are feeling the move of the Holy Spirit in your heart and him, him prompting you in the direction that you can go, you can actually take action and you can utilize what's in the lobby if you need more questions um, uh, answered. And so we're really excited and I implore you to be considering it even as we're going through the service. Now, it's been quite a year here at New Song 2, and this is what we're going to talk about today. Um, Pastor Josh and Sarah got to come up and share with us the pursuits of a new song a couple months ago. We have the pursuit of the presence of God, the pursuit of transformational discipleship, the pursuit of kingdom community, and the pursuit of sacrificial mission. And everything we're talking about falls under that pursuit of sacrificial mission. Um, and sacrificial mission is the outward expression of our inward transformation. And that's what we want to talk about today. So let's just get in an attitude of prayer and just invite the Holy Spirit to be with us today. Lord, I thank you that you are here. I thank you that you attune our hearts to hear what you'd have to say. Help us catch the fire where just as we were singing, we want to be sent. We desire to be sent because we, we desire to pour out. We desire not to keep this transformation that we've been growing into ourselves, but to be vessels for use and be available to go out. We honor you. We invite your Holy Spirit here in the name of Jesus. Amen. A couple months ago, I got to be with a family member who's very close to me, and uh, they're in their kind of final days. Their memory is crumbling. They don't remember me anymore, even though I'm very close to them. But what really struck me while I was there is I've watched this person live a life of sacrificial mission. I've watched them love their family and love people in the community with such fervor. It's taken up so much of their time that they've been committed and they've been consistent over the years. And now that really just a shell of who they are remains, a lot of times in those last days you can see what someone's really made of. And in the middle of this person not remembering much, I heard their love for God while they were praying. I heard their love for God in the way they talked. And that's exactly what it looks like when we pour out from what's inside. Because we're not here today to tell you about this um, formula of how to be a good works person or how to do humanitarian works. It has to come out from what's inside of us. It has to come out of a greater overflow. It has to be the outward expression of that inner transformation. So I want to imagine in this room, all of us are wells. And this year, we've been talking so much about transformation, being transformed in the, the image of Jesus. We've got 
gotten into the word. We've gone deeper. We've invited the Holy Spirit. We've pursued his presence. We've been like ironing, sharpening iron with kingdom community. And so we've been filling up with more and more and more of who God made us to be and how he made us to operate. And we're filled up with him to express him accordingly. But if there is no sacrificial mission, if there is no pouring out, if there is no outward expression of the inward transformation, we live an incomplete gospel. We're a shell of what we're supposed to be in this world. Matthew 25, 23 says, well done, good and faithful servant. Now, I think in the church today, we can kind of live a romanticized version of our relationship with God where we just talk about feeling good, feeling great, just feeling, you know, feeling God's presence. And that's kind of who we are. We're walking and we're operating and, you know, we're trying to not sin. But this scripture comes from a story that kind of images what, what we look forward to. We want to hear this said to us, well done, good and faithful servant. And it highlights part of our purpose. There is a doing and we're supposed to be good and faithful servants. We're called to serve. We're called to pour out. So we have learned this year how to be filled up and go deeper than ever before. But we must not stop short of practicing the full way of Jesus and pouring from that deep well. There's a quote here from John Piper that I love. It says, the extent of our sacrifice, I want us to replace that word with sacrificial mission, kind of putting it in new song lingo. The extent of our sacrificial mission coupled with the depth of our joy displays the worth we put on the reward of God. And I know I want to prize it in my life. So if there is no pursuit of sacrificial mission, then what are we doing? This is part of the call on our lives. What have we given ourselves over to? So sacrificial mission requires living from that well, living from that place where we're filled up so that we can pour out. It requires sacrificial living. Right. In, 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 in Romans chapter 12 and verse 1, Paul writes this. He says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. He arrives at this particular scripture after having contending with the Gentiles in Rome for them to understand the work that Jesus did for them in order for them to be grafted into the family of God. He tells them not to be judgmental over the Jews who have decided to take a different option, but to know that there is a response that is required of them after they have understood that they've been grafted in not of anything that they have done, but because of what Jesus has done. So this is Paul then imploring them to take a stance, a position of action based on what they have just understood of what Christ has done for them. So he says, I want you to, to offer yourself as a living sacrifice. And this is kind of a new concept that he is introducing. And the sacrifice is that of the body. Now, when you see the word body, okay, it, it, the thing that happens on the inside of us is always expressed in our body. So when something happens internally, and, and, and like when we were singing that send me, send me song, okay, tears came out of my body. They didn't come out of my spirit. They didn't come out of my soul. They came out of my body. My hands were raised. It was an expression that was happening in my body. So the ministry that you and I do is going to be expressed out of our 
body. And so now he's saying, I want you to sacrifice your body or make it a living sacrifice. And this is kind of in two ways because the other concept of body, just to kind of separate it for you to understand, is the concept of flesh or canality. So from the same body is a desire to be carnal, to have our own way, to do our own things. And the body, as Pastor Sarah once told us, is never satisfied. It wants more. It wants more. It wants more. So he's saying, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. And that sacrifice word there invokes the idea the concept of an animal being slaughtered and the, when the animal is slaughtered it is as an atonement for sin but once the animal is slaughtered guess what it is dead yeah. it's not coming back it's gone it cannot move it cannot think it cannot feel because it's gone so he's saying that part of our canality needs to be sacrificed number one as an act to say i died to self once and for all that i can commit my life to jesus so he's saying be a living sacrifice being i've died once and for all, this is no debate. I'm not waiting for another philosophy. I'm not waiting for another political party. I'm not waiting for an evangelist from the east. I'm not waiting for anybody to come. But I have made the sacrifice and commitment that Jesus is the only way and my mind cannot be moved. So that's the act. And then he says living sacrifice. So again, the invoked image is that of an animal that has died and not coming back. But this is a new concept. The sacrifice is actually living. So that means a sacrifice has an, a, an opportunity to express this deadness as it worships God. We express that deadness by showing that I am dead because I only live for Christ. So it is an act and an action. An act and an action. And Jesus Christ puts it this way. He says, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground, and dies, it abides alone. Sorry, I just messed that up on what you have on the screen. Very truly, I tell you, unless the kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Inside of each and every single person in here is a seed, a potential to do something that God wants you to do. God already put it inside of you and the day that you were born, on the day of creation, he put a purpose, a work, a plan on the inside of you. But unless you die to self, you're never going to realize that potential. Any person who's going to find success in anything, all the people that we might think are successful, if you listen to their word, they will tell you they became slaves to the thing that they were pursuing. They gave themselves over to it. But we have one that is greater than any work, one that's greater than Amazon, one that's greater than Walmart. And if we die to self and say, it is for you that I'm going to live, we will be able to realize our opportunity. And then we can produce the fruit that we're called to produce but if my seed remains in the kitchen and always worried about the bills if my seed remains in the house only worried about what my kids are going to eat what kind of roof I have if my seed only remains with the worries and the concerns that are brought to me I will never experience the fullness of God do you not want to experience this? I'm telling you, I left a country, a people. I left a people that I know, people that I love to come to a land that I'd never been where there is not a single person here. I have every reason to have every worry. What am I going to eat? What am I going to wear? Where am I going to go? But if you do this, you will experience God at a higher level. 
at a higher level. And so he gives us this image of sacrificing our body as a living sacrifice. And he calls this reasonable service. Service. Now, your other translation will say worship. Okay, we have it in our minds that I come to church to worship. Because we see worship as lifting our hands, singing songs, and being in fellowship. But he's saying worship is service. Because wherever it is I go, I bear the mark of the king. I bear the word of the king. And so wherever it is I go, I bring kingdom along with me. So that means that when I'm going to Walmart, I'm worshiping because I'm in an opportunity to serve. That's why I'm not going to be rude to the cashier because of the fact that I have the mandate of the king on the inside of me. So wherever it is that you go, you take with you that seed. And that is your reasonable service. So when you visit your granddaughter, service. When you're at the Thanksgiving table, service. <laughs> Ain't no time to talk about politics and start going at each other's throat because you are in service. And so this is what Paul gets us to see. And so he then writes it this way. In Romans chapter 15 verse 18, he says, Yet I dare not boast about anything except what Christ has done through me, bringing the Gentiles to God by my message and by the way I worked among them. So you bring that gospel in two ways, by the word that we speak and by the work that we do. When we're building a fire pit, that's the work. But it gives us an opportunity to give the message. So here's the thing. Sacrificial mission will require your life. Our role is as ambassadors. When we are being ambassadors, we have a role, we have a responsibility, we have a calling to draw people into the kingdom of God. That they too may express kingship in their lives. Because when we're going about and we're worshiping, what we're doing is we're expressing his kingship. And so when we go out and we go out on mission, our mission is not just, when, when you have the word missions in church, sometimes I think you think you're going to Africa. No, your mission is to bring the gospel, to showcase the gospel, to bring his kingship to other people. When we go out, we're sent forth into our city, our world, our neighborhood, our grocery store, our kids' schools, and we represent a king. John Piper says it like this, Missions exist because worship doesn't. When this age is over and the countless millions of the redeemed fall on their faces before the throne of God, missions will be no more. It is a temporary necessity, but worship abides forever. So we're on mission to be ambassadors, to showcase other people what it looks like to express kingship, to invite them into knowing that king, and inviting them to also express his kingship in the, their lives. This is the mission of the kingdom. This is the mission that we we are called to because sacrificial mission expresses kingship. In Matthew 5, 14, it says, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Now, I want, I want to note something that I find fascinating about this verse. It doesn't, this is Jesus talking to his disciples. It doesn't say, I am the light of the world. He says, you are the light of the world. This is how we built this world to operate, where for his name to be made known, it takes us. That we have to be there. We have to be shining our light. And when people are looking for the light of Jesus, if you're not shining it, where are they going to see it? So it puts a responsibility on us where we have to stand up. We have to live in this because we are citizens of a different kingdom. When we go out and we go to that Thanksgiving table, we're not citizens first of the U.S. We're not citizens first of Oklahoma. We're citizens of the kingdom. So when people are sitting there and they're listening to you talk, what kingdom are you representing? 
because you're called to be an ambassador. Jesus told us that part of our purpose as his disciples is to bear much fruit, just as when that seed falls to the ground and dies and produces much fruit. This is a part of our purpose. John 15, 8 says, By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. So fruit bearing is proof of discipleship. And it's not fruit by association. It's not, oh, I'm in community with a bunch of people that are, that, that are producing fruit. It's not that when I'm at the Thanksgiving table, you know, I kind of am off, kind of off the clock. But like when I'm at church, I'm in a community of a bunch of people that are, that are producing fruit. It is my fruit. Amen. How could somebody measure my life? In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Now, what's fascinating about this idea of glorifying God is if you dig into the meaning, it means valuing God for who he really is, or in other words, seeing God for who he really is. So I'm going to read this again. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory. See God as he really is. Give glory to your Father who's in heaven. Think about the impact. That someone who doesn't know God, by your good works, can see, man, they serve a God that, and there must be something to that that they're saying, hey, maybe he is God, that they can give glory to him because of the way that we live. You see, we've been entrusted with the gospel. In 1 Thessalonians 2, 4, it says, for we speak as messengers approved by God to be entrusted with the good news of Jesus. So we've been entrusted with the gospel, representing his kingdom and reflecting the official position of heaven. So we can invite people and say, hey, my king wants you too, that you can express him just like me. You see my good works and you notice my father, he can be your king too. That we're on mission for him everywhere that we go. And the thing is, is Jesus was crystal focused on this. We can see it in all the words he says post-resurrection that he wanted to impart this mandate to everyone who followed him. In Mark 15, 15, he said to them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. In Matthew 28, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. John 20, Jesus said to them again, peace be with you as the father has sent me. Even so, I am sending you. And in Luke 24, it was also written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all the nations beginning in Jerusalem, beginning in your own town. These are his marching orders. So we see that this is his will for us. This is what he wanted us to get a hold of before he ascended back to heaven. So it takes our partnership with him, a submission to him. We talk about New Song Answers Weekend. New Song Answers answers what? New Song Answers answers the call. We New Song answers the call to be his hands and feet because, again, his light shining has to take our light shining. So his hands and feet operating has to take our hands and feet being in submission. And that is that picture of being a living sacrifice, saying, God, take my hands and feet and use them as you would will. It takes being a living sacrifice down on our knees before him, submitted to his call, lives lived for his glory, not ours. We're not inviting you to do something that makes your name known. We're inviting you to do something that reflects back on him. God desires to see the good news brought to all man. And when we give our little yeses from in our small little moments in our lives to the big moments that, that kind of mark our lives, his name can be made known from the streets of Oklahoma to the little houses in Mexico. Our yeses can have impact beyond what we dream of when we are yielded to the Holy Spirit. Watch this. Hey there, church. Casey Bush here with a very interesting story. 
just for you. It's all about our mission trip to Mexico last summer and some of the people who went on it. Meet Ashley, Sophia, and Pastor Ashley, not to be confused with the first Ashley. Ashley wasn't going to Mexico, but made sure to pray over the trip. And as she was praying in her kitchen, she felt God was telling her something very specific. The Lord just spoke to me about sending some money. That there was just a child that um, was gonna be dressed up and that was their birthday. Okay, just think, Ashley's doing her dishes. She hears from God that while our team is in Mexico, there'll be a child there, they'll be dressed up and it'll be their birthday. And she's supposed to send $20 to them. There's not a lot of wiggle room there. It was out of my comfort zone, but I was like, I want to be obedient. Ashley meets with Pastor Ashley to give her the $20 and this word from God. So we proceed to start the mission trip, really haven't given it that much thought, but I've made sure to have the $20 with me. So Pastor Ashley and our team had been there a few days, holding kids services, street rallies, and serving, but no children with birthdays dress nice. One other thing our team did was have staff nights for the church we were helping. And on that night, something interesting happened. Enter Sophia. Me and two other team members, we were the ones that were supposed to uh, be watching the kids that night. And we were just having a good old time. Just out of nowhere, this boy comes in the door and he just comes and sits down. I was asking this little boy, como te amas? And he responded, Pancho. Pancho walks in with his bleach blonde hair and he speaks zero English. But Pancho and Sophia really connect. He's doing crafts, he's laughing, he's even playing on the hopscotch our team had painted that day. But the night was ending and it was time for the kids to go back to their parents. But then Sophia noticed something. We're just kind of asking Pancho, we're like, so where's your parents? Propped up against the wall of the church, we see this bike. I'm like, Pancho, did you just come here by yourself? He's like, yeah. I mean, it was a staff night, so we really assumed that it was uh, one of the staff members' kids. We say bye to Pancho. We didn't know if we were gonna see him ever again. Sophia's telling everyone on the team about this little boy, Poncho. She is so excited he came to church, even on a night when they weren't holding service. The next night, the missions team is having Wednesday night service, and when they arrive, Sophia's new friend is waiting for them. We all come in, and Poncho is sitting on the couch. <gasps> Poncho, hi, hola, como estas? And like, it's, a good, it's so good to see you. I'm kind of talking to him, and he says, it's my birthday. And that's not all. He's dressed to the nines, brand new clothes, head to toe. And when Pastor Ashley hears about Poncho, she knows exactly what to do. And I say, hey, when the service is over, would you not let Poncho go without us talking to him first? Pastor Ashley and Sophia pull Poncho aside and let him know about the word Ashley received in Oklahoma while doing dishes all those weeks before. He cares about you so much that he would have somebody come all the way from Oklahoma to meet with you on your birthday and let you know that he sees you and knows you and he wants to have a relationship with you. But he sat there like this and he just kept saying, gracias, gracias, gracias. He really didn't get anything for his birthday. And I think that this was like the ultimate birthday present. Poncho is still around the church in Mexico and he's continued to stick around. It really is amazing what God can do through people who are obedient and willing to just say yes. lot of yeses in that video. There are a lot of people who chose to say yes. Uh, not everybody who said yes is showcased, but for this to be possible, it took a lot of people to say yes and to see something bigger than themselves. Saints, when we come together as a unit and we come together and we're united, we do damage to the kingdom of darkness. And 
part of what was not mentioned in that video is what Ashley said is one day he's going to come back and remember this. And when he remembers this, who knows what ministry is going to be launched from the possibility of somebody in Oklahoma who doesn't even know this guy's name saying yes. Will you say yes? One of the things I've taken to heart, which is why a song that says send me, send me brings me to tears is what Pastor Josh once said. If new song closed its doors, will this city feel it? Will they know that we have left, that we're no longer here? And the reason we can only do that is because we're building something that is beyond us. And the only way we can build it is if we allow the Lord to build. You see, the, whole, the, whole, the way the whole thing is set up is that I have the capacity to build, but my capacity is not full without you. My capacity is not possible without you pastor josh and sarah's capacity is not possible without you and i so we have to give our yes in order for us to allow jesus to begin to build this thing in our lives and i love what the apostle paul says the apostle paul says in acts chapter 20 and 24 however i consider my life with nothing to me my only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. The task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Imagine yourself as a letter. God has written a letter. And he put the words of that letter in your heart, in my heart. But that letter is not for me. I'm the envelope. That led us for somebody else. So then the question is, will you let yourself be opened so that that somebody can read that letter? Or will you keep it closed and tight because you feel like you need to hold it so dear because, man, this is God who's written this letter. But you keep it so closed and tight because you think you might lose something special if you allow this envelope of yours to be opened that people can see what God has written. New song is just providing an opportunity. It is not the only opportunity. It is opportunity. So we're not here sitting here saying, hey, you need to be going on a mission trip. Please don't hear that. Or you need to do this or you're bad. That's not what we're saying. We're saying, where is it that you're going to show your work? Where is it that you're going to show your passion? Saints, we don't need another political agenda. If we're looking to say, hey, we need to have more programs, more, less taxes. If, we, if we're just looking and saying, we just need the politics to change. If we're looking for different candidates, new candidates, old, and saying they will fix this issue. We are missing the mark. We don't even need men coming from different parts of the world to come and minister to us. What we need is you and I to say yes. That's what we need. We need you. We need me to say yes, Lord. This is who I am and I take my position. And I consider my life worth nothing unless I do the thing that burns in my heart to minister the truth and the gospel to a world that is so desperate. And Paul was full of passion for this. You see, in the days of old, when a kingdom took over another kingdom, they didn't just take over the land and the gold. They would take everybody and they would subject them to their own culture. And make them become who they are. 
I stand here today. I'm from Zimbabwe, but I probably speak better English than I speak my own language. Total colonization. That is what we're doing. We're going into other kingdoms and we say, hey, we're coming here for total colonization. We want the whole thing. We don't just want your presence in church, but we want your culture to be changed so that it becomes kingdom culture. That's what we're doing. And so when we do stuff like that, there is a stirring, there's a murmuring, there's a fighting back. It's not going to be something that's just so simple and easy because people just don't want to be changed. People don't want to be taken over. And so when Paul would do this in the book of Acts, I'm going to reference this. They, they would go to the book of Acts in Thessalonica in Acts chapter 18, I believe it. It's seven, in Acts chapter 17. When Paul would go and they knew that, oh my gosh, the apostles have arrived. And these people got mad at the fact that Paul was there. So they go to this guy's house named Jason and they're about to say, okay, let's take everybody and we're going to stone them and kill them. But when they get there, Paul and the disciples are gone. But they get Jason because he's still at the house. They take Jason, they bring him in front of, of the leadership. And this is what they said. Those who've turned the world upside down have come here also. Because we turn worlds upside down. That is what sacrificial mission is. That is what, is, that is what a, a transformed life does. We turn the world upside down. Life lived on mission will never be in vain. And God's right here and he's waiting for your yes. That little yes that Ashley gave while she was doing dishes to say I'm going to pray for this mission trip. And while she was praying there, God said, hey, I have a message for you to send. Sometimes it's wildly scary. Sometimes it's wildly out of your comfort zone, but it's important. In Luke chapter 10, Jesus talking to his disciples, and he said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go your way. Behold, I am sending you out as lambs in the midst of the wolves. And we know our shepherd's voice, so we don't need to fear the wolves. But you know, this is such a sad picture if you think about it. There's, the harvest is waiting. They're ripe. They're just waiting for someone to come and tell them of this beautiful Jesus that we know. And there's not enough laborers. Not enough people saying yes. Not enough people saying send me. And we've all made the excuses, I'm too busy, I'm waiting for that season to come. But there's something inside of you that someone is waiting, just waiting for you to be the one who's willing to say, send me, I will go out. And you know, sometimes when it's the people we love most, that's where we can get passionate. Oh, I want my family member to come to know Jesus. But people far away seem abstract and far away. But often the people who can best minister your family is someone who maybe is their coworker, And don't we want God to send someone? Don't we want someone to say, send me and be willing to minister there? You see, missions is not this checkbox of I want to be less selfish, so I'm going to go on a mission trip or I'm going to go talk to people about Jesus. But you know, God's kind of got it figured out. He doesn't need me. He needs your hands. He needs your yes. It's our hands and feet that deliver this message. Scripture tells us how beautiful are the feet of those that bring the gospel. He needs your yes. Let's get into an attitude of prayer here if you close your eyes with me. Lord, we desire to be tender to your call, that we would hear what you have to tell us, that we would put aside our own thoughts and we would listen and say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying? What do you have to impart to me today?
And if you're sitting here and you don't know Jesus, I don't want to whisk over this moment. If you're sitting here and you're thinking, man, what a beautiful God that these people are willing to give their lives for, but I don't know him. We want to give you the opportunity. Scripture says that if you confess the name of the Lord, that you can be saved. So if that's you, with no one's eyes, with everybody's eyes closed, no one looking around, if that's you, we invite you. If you want to say, yes, I want to know Jesus and I don't, just raise your hand. He's waiting for you. He loves you. He wants to be your king. If you're here and you do know Jesus, there's a Greek scholar who talks about the idea of presenting yourself as a living sacrifice and talks about the word that's used to present is an action in time. And he was writing this to the church. This is not a moment that necessarily happens at salvation. This is a moment, a decision you make. And if you're sitting here and you're thinking, I wanna present myself and keep presenting myself as a living sacrifice. We have an altar call for you. We would like for you to take a moment to step into that, give you an opportunity to step into that. So if that's you and you're thinking wherever I'm at, in my home, at the Thanksgiving table, in the grocery store, on a mission trip, anywhere. I want to present myself as a living sacrifice. Would you stand up and just raise your hands? We're gonna take a moment to commit our hands and feet to him. Lord, we desire to be your hands and feet, to present ourselves and keep presenting ourselves as a living sacrifice to your work. We say, send us. We know that there is a harvest that is waiting from down the street to far away, from neighborhoods to nations, that it will be us that would answer the call, that we would not hold back. We would not hold back from shining your light. We would not hold back from making your glory known. I thank you for my brothers and sisters here that are standing with me and saying, God, anoint our hands and our feet. Take our lives. We want to live them for you. We want our hearts to burn for your message. Set us ablaze, Lord. I thank you for your anointing. Over, over every man, woman, student that's in here. I thank you for the call that you have. We honor you, Lord. We praise you and we say, yes, we will go. If everyone else will stand up with me as well, if you're part of the altar ministry team, if you would come up. If you're sitting here and you're thinking, you know, I know God's calling me to do something, but I feel inept. I feel like I'm unable to do it. I'm unsure of myself. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. When we present ourselves as a living sacrifice, it goes on to say that you'll be transformed and you'll know his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And you're filling yourself up with the word. In Acts, it talks about the empowerment of the Holy Spirit before you go out. So if you're sitting here and you're thinking, I don't know if I'm empowered, I don't know if I know the Holy Spirit like I want to, I'm just not sure that's what our altar ministry team is up here to pray with you because there is a call on your life. There's a purpose God has set you apart from. You're not just a number or a face, he loves you intimately. And before you were born, he knew your days and he knew your call. And you're sitting here and you're saying, send me and he wants to empower you to do that. Lord, I thank you for who you are. I pray that you would bring people up to the altars, that we would respond to you, God. We would be that ready envelope of your ministry, of your message, be willing to serve, be willing to go out, Lord. And we say, send us from neighborhoods to nations. We desire to serve you. I'm just gonna get into an attitude of worship again. And as you're worshiping, as you're worshiping, just keep listening to the Holy Spirit so that you can hear where your yes is supposed to be. And God, we thank you and honor you for what you've done today in Jesus' name.